When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Dan and I are just sitting here laughing because we're reflecting on past episodes of Lower Decks. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we can't get it out of our system. <laughs> oh, man. So great. I, you know... And, and hello out there, of course, to our international listeners. I really hope you guys can get this show soon because it, it's really worth it and a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on with that. I really thought that internationally Lower Decks would be out now when Discovery came out because yeah. Lower Decks was pushed early because of COVID. They had to switch around Discovery and Lower Decks. But then I thought, well, maybe they couldn't do that internationally. So Lower Decks is keeping its original date, which would be now. And yeah. it's still not out. What is going on? Well, now my next thought is, you know, Lower Decks went 10 weeks and Discovery goes 13 weeks. So my next oh. little my next little road marker, I guess, would be in three weeks time. Will it start? But now I'm wondering, will it be pushed till after Discovery is done? depending on what platform it's on or, or anything. So yeah, now I don't know. Those are good points. I didn't think about the 13 and 10 episode difference. That would make a lot of sense, but also to your point, they may not want them going on at the same time mm -hmm. now. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it could be a couple months from now, three, four months, whatever. How long longs discoveries? Uh, anyway, well, welcome to positively Trek, everyone. I'm Bruce Gibson with Dan Gunther, and we're not here just to talk about Lower Decks, but we've got a lot of news that we want to talk about Discovery. And yes, the season premiere just occurred. On our last episode, we reviewed that episode, which is called That Hope Is You Part One. And again, I don't know why it's called Part One, because the next episode doesn't say Part Two, but anyway, we'll find that out. So for those who didn't listen to that episode, Dan, just your quick initial thoughts of that premiere episode. Oh, loved it. I think season three of Discovery is off to a great start. Very different from anything we've seen before, I think, in Star Trek, but still with a lot of those familiar Star Trek elements. And, and I am so pumped for the rest of the season. So am I. But let me just tell you something here. I, first of all, my quick review is I love the episode. I love the pacing. I loved how it just stays with Burnham throughout. I love the information we get about the future and the character book and how he plays off of Burnham. There's so much there that so much goodness, but I will say Dan that I'm glad you're excited about season three because we got an announcement, an official announcement that we are definitely getting a season four. 
Yep. (laughs) Tell me, how did you find out? What was your reaction when you heard the news? I was pretty excited. Uh, Yesterday, we're recording this, I should say, on Saturday. So yesterday was Friday when they made this announcement. And I was pretty excited. I was having a really busy day doing a a bunch of stuff. And uh, it, uh, yeah, it it, it was a surprise, not, not a surprise announcement, I guess. It's kind of the worst kept secret in Hollywood. We know that they've been working on season four as far as pre-production and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's exciting. It's good to see everybody posting about it and being really excited. And part of me in the back of my mind is, you know, happy to kind of rub it in the face of some of those people who, especially on YouTube, but in other places, say things like Alex Kurtzman's been fired for the 47th time and Star Trek Discovery is definitely ending this season. There will never be another season. And They've been wrong every time they've said that up to now, and it's just one more time that they're wrong. So, you know, part of me is is like <laughs> at that, but most of me is just excited that we're getting more of this show that, quite frankly, I love. Yeah, I wasn't too surprised either. I was surprised to hear the announcement when it came out. I wasn't expecting it that day that I woke up and like went to my phone and was looking on trekmovie.com and something comes up about the fourth season confirmed. And then there's a video of a shout out from Sonequa Martin green and Doug Jones and the showrunners. And I was just like, wow, this, this is happening. And then I had to show my wife, you know, look, official announcement. I played it. But to your point, I thought I'm so sick of hearing people, those naysayers go on online about, you know, oh, the show's getting canceled, blah, blah, blah. We have, a you know, we have our sources. And then it's like, uh, no, yet again, you were wrong. Like, come off of it, people. Look, I know this is positively Trek, but that doesn't mean <laughs> I can't be kind of assertive here and say, these people just need to stop trying to do clickbait and try to make money off their YouTube channels. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's like, you know, I, I have no problem with people making whatever content they want to make. But at some point, you'd think they would lose their credibility for how wrong they continually are. And uh, it, it just surprises me that so many people still pay attention when they say, oh, our, an, ins- an inside source says this for sure. And, well, you've been wrong 92 times, but maybe the 93rd time. Yeah, I'm going to absolutely believe what you say. It just it baffles me a little bit. Well, we talked on another episode about the sign that showed cast and crew for Discovery Season 4 on the lot of Pinewood in Toronto. And people were saying, oh, it's been Photoshopped. That's not real. <laughs> but... We're getting season four, and as actually they're going to start production on November 2nd, so it's just a few weeks away, and I mean, they're gearing up and ready to go, so it's happening, people. Yeah, for sure. Definitely excited for that. I'm, I'm guessing that that sign for cast and crew would have had something to do with pre-production then, so maybe, right. I don't know, rehearsals or, or makeup tests or something like that, but uh, yeah, actual production, actual filming is going to start in early November now, so... Really excited for that. Yeah, and that was my assumption, too, about the sign, is that I'm sure there's meetings and certain run-throughs and, and, you know, pre-prep, like you're saying, pre-production, because if they're going to start production on November 2nd, they just don't show up. I mean, there's things that are going on before then. But now they're allowed to give the official announcement that they'll start shooting on November 2nd. But, you know, shooting has been kind of a problem recently, and 
Alex Kurtzman was interviewed in the latest issue of SFX magazine, where he says, talking about production of the Star Trek series during COVID, he says, things are just starting to shoot again. We would have been in production already on Picard, but we couldn't be because of COVID. It's pushed our discovery and strange new world dates just a little bit, but I think we're actually planning on staying on track for those. So, Dan, that's pretty decent news. I mean, even though they're behind on production, it looks like they're going to stay close to the dates that they were expecting to premiere the episodes or at least close to it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And yeah, that's definitely good news. I do appreciate that, of course, the current situation would have a negative effect on things. At the same time, I'm also like, you know, I love Star Trek and and that we're getting new Star Trek. And of course, Star Trek represents the livelihood for a, a, a lot of people working on it as well. But, you know, be as safe as possible as well, you know, so follow those guidelines and regulations wherever you have to and, and can and are able to. Uh, and, and, you know, I trust we'll get our Star Trek someday. But the fact that they're keeping to a pretty good schedule, that's excellent news for sure. Well, I also heard from a reliable source that season four, the actors will all be wearing masks and then they will digitally insert their nose and mouths. <laughs> so, it's going to look really weird, but you know, now I'm kidding. That's not true. Is it going to be like uh, on uh, those late shows where they had like the, the, the mouth replacing the, the mouth of whatever yes. famous person there they have on the screen? Absolutely, yes. And they're running a contest where certain Star Trek fans who win will be that mouth. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so you could be the mouth of Sonequa Martin-Green, Dan. You just never know. Yeah, that, that would definitely be good casting. <clears throat> <laughs> so that would just be really strange, see other people's mouths on people. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we also have Kurtzman talking to The Hollywood Reporter. He has a series called Clarice, which is a kind of a series tie-in to Silence of the Lands that their production studio, Secret Hideout, is working on. And he mentions briefly about Star Trek, but he's really talking about the Clarice production, but it relates to Star Trek in this way. And this is what he says. We just started shooting a new show, and it's been a real learning curve just in the three days that we've been doing it. The great news is that it's very doable, but it's a highly militarized operation. Everything is slower. Between testing and your set, it doesn't function like it used to function. There are groups that are vetted by the unions, pods within the groups themselves. There are rotations in and out of people so that if somebody gets sick in your pod, the pod is just removed and another pod gets pushed in, but it doesn't infect the whole group. It's a massive, massive operation, and we haven't even started that yet on Star Trek shows. Interesting. It's like it's like terrorist cells that that Kira teaches the Cardassians about, right? You know, you insulate from each other so that if one is uh, uh, infiltrated, it doesn't uh, out the others. No, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a, a very uh, loose uh, simile there, but yeah. <laughs> well, you relate it all back to Star Trek somehow, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Everything in life can be related back to Star Trek. <laughs> well, Kurtzman also said that Strange New Worlds has benefited from the pandemic shutdown. He says the silver linings are that Akiva Goldsman and Henry Alonzo Myers are ready to show up 
and are able to really get ahead with scripts. By the time we go back into production, we will have a lot of scripts ready to go, which is not usually how it is for us. We're always running ahead of the freight train that is production and trying not to be flattened. But this time we actually have some advance warning with a lot of prep time. So this is interesting to me and actually very encouraging because it gives them more time on the scripts. You know, I know that there's times that I've watched certain things and I think, you know, something doesn't literally seem to gel right or that kind of contradicts a little something in another script or, you know, probably because they're rushing through the scripts. I wish, you know, they had more time. This time they actually have more time to really spend on these scripts and really hone them in really well. And I'm that excites me, actually. So that's a good thing that came out of COVID. Yeah, that's kind of always the area of producing a television show that I wish more shows spent more time on. I, I feel like really tightening up the scripts and that sort of thing is is the one thing that makes generally films and television shows more enjoyable to me. So that's that's good that that they have that extra time for that. That's you know, shooting and and stuff that's you know a very involved process but i think it really starts with the writing and i'm glad they can tighten that up as much as possible right and if we don't like the writing then there's a problem Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely i don't think that's going to happen but you know i'm just saying but yeah i'm very encouraged by that so there's some other things that alex has said in sfx magazine and that is related to the movies now, I know that we mention movie news on here every once in a while, and there's really no new developments, but this isn't really about that. This is about how we can connect the TV series with the movies. He says, I have no involvement in the Star Trek films right now. I don't know where that's going. Frankly, I have my hands very full. Having done two of those films, I love them so much, and I really would love to see the continuity and unification between the features and the TV side, because I think... It's what's good for Star Trek, and that can be done any number of ways. So I'm not taking this as meaning trying to find a way to tie in Discovery and Picard and Lower Decks into the Kelvin timeline, but just movies going forward that they play off of these shows. There's some kind of connection between them, between TV and the movies. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing this story get a lot of play all over the internet. And it's interesting that, like like he says, he has no involvement in the Star Trek films. So this is just him kind of saying what he would like to see. Uh, it, it's interesting to see some of the reactions online to this, like how strongly people are are reacting to this. But yeah, I think it is just kind of a desire to see that going forward, maybe the films can have more of a prime universe connection or something like that to what we see in Discovery and, and Picard and the other things taking place in the prime original Star Trek universe. So yeah, I, I, I think that's good. I think anytime you have a property and you can integrate it and make that more meaningful for the fans to, you know, you you get rewarded if you watch the movies and you see a reference in the shows or vice versa. You know, I always think that's, that's a good thing. Things like the Marvel cinematic universe have become masters at doing things like that. And I, I would love to see more of that mindset brought to Star Trek for sure. Yeah. With Marvel, they've got TV series that do tie in with the movies Mm-hmm. So I don't see why anybody would be really that opposed to that with Star yeah. Trek. So you're reading that people are complaining about that. 
Uh, some people, yeah, just the usual voices, but, but mostly it's just people I've been noticing putting a lot of stock in this saying like, oh, this is definitely what's going to happen going forward. And it's like, well, no, uh, Alex Kurtzman's not involved in making the movies at the moment. So, you know, this is just more of an idle uh, speculation or desire. You know, it's not necessarily what the template's going to look like going forward. Yeah, I would think for the most part, if they make a new movie, and if it's not in the Kelvin timeline, then I think it would connect something to prime universe canon in some mm. way, as opposed to, well, we're going to create a whole nother timeline again. I, I just don't see them going that direction. I mean, maybe, but I think it would fit into the prime timeline. I mean, that's what past movies did before the Kelvin timeline. As a matter of fact, the Kelvin timeline does tie into the prime timeline. It plays off of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I, I don't really see any issues with that. I would love to see it. I would even love to see if they did another Kelvin movie that somehow this TV show connected, you know, one of the shows connected to it or vice versa. I mean, we already have that in Picard. And and like I said, it's all about rewarding the viewers, right? You know, it's, it's for example, in Star Trek Beyond, where they made references to the Zindi and the Romulan Wars and the Enterprise era and the Makos. It's just, you know, a nice little it makes the universe seem cohesive and really rewards people who have stuck with this for a long time. And I, I think that's not a bad thing at all. Now, the only exception may be if they decided to reboot TNG for cinema, you know, it's, they, they could go that direction, which would probably not fit into their prime timeline. And I would be okay with that too, but I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to watch it because they are going to cast me to play Jean-Luc Picard. So I could there see that. You go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the accent. <laughs> That's what does it. And the lack of hair, which I do not have, which is a good thing. So <laughs> <laughs> you do not have a lack. I feel like data trying to figure out a double negative. You do not have a lack of hair. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Data. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I have abundance of hair. Anyway, uh, you know, me and John Jackson Miller, we're about the same age and we have the same amount of hair. It's, it's, it's crazy. I'm, we're like, anyway. So speaking of John Jackson Miller, sometimes I get to see him at conventions. Nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> so I've spent time with John, not just at Star Trek conventions, but at Star Wars Celebration. So, cause you know, he's written a bunch of Star Wars novels and comics. Not to say that he was going to go to STLV this year. I don't think he was. But STLV had been moved from August to December of this year because of COVID. Well, that December convention has been canceled. And it's not a big surprise because there are certain regulations in Las Vegas right now that would prevent a convention like this to occur. So the original dates uh, for December were going to be on the 9th through the 13th. So now it's been moved again to 2021 to August 11th through the 15th. And it will be back at the Rio Resort. And what's interesting about this is technically this isn't a delay or a a postponement of this convention. The Star Trek, official Star Trek convention that was set to go in December has been canceled completely. And apparently this new convention, which changes the name and eliminates the official from the title and is called the 55 year mission is now being scheduled for next year for August 11th to 15th. 
And in the official uh, press release that they gave, CBS is no longer a partner with them for this convention. So that's definitely an interesting development. And it looks like they will no longer be the official Star Trek convention and just kind of a Star Trek convention. Yeah, to your point, technically that's true. I mean, the convention is still happening. Creation is still doing the convention. So the convention that was supposed to go on by creation is still happening. It's just now happening in August. But to your point, it's no longer licensed by CBS. And so in a sense, it technically is a new convention because we don't mm-hmm. have the licensing from CBS behind it. And they can't keep the name that they have Star Trek into it. It's just called, yeah, the 55-year mission tour. Yeah. And, the, and, and the it's way back I've, at the Rio. Yeah. And the way I've had this explained to me is they still have a live event license from CBS, but they don't have the license to be the official Star Trek convention. So, you know, whatever that looks like and whatever deals they've made with the lawyers behind the scenes, that's apparently where they're at now. So it's now the 55-year mission which, uh, you know, interesting title. They can only use it for one year, but I like it. <laughs> so I don't really know the history of the license with creation, but hasn't it been going on for a very long time? Yeah, I think they've had that for quite a while. I, I couldn't tell you exactly uh, how long off the top of my head. I first went to a creation official Star Trek convention in 2010, and I know they were they had that for a significant time before that. So, I mean, I know creation has been doing Star Trek conventions for decades. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've always been officially licensed by CBS during that time. I think for the most part it has, but again, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure, but I wonder why the license has been removed. I mean, it could be that they just didn't agree on terms this round, uh, mm-hmm. financial terms or whatever, or CBS is planning to do something different that, you know, in a lot of ways, it doesn't really matter for us that attend because you're still going to have the celebrities there. You're still going to have the booths and the vendors. You're still going to have all the different uh, sessions and everything that's going on. It's just, I guess we're probably not going to have what we had like last time where we got the announcement of Picard where Patrick Stewart came out with Alex Kurtzman. I would think that was something that CBS was behind and we probably won't get that at these conventions anymore. Yeah. I I don't know what that might look like. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe we will still have things like that, but it, it sounds like there's been a little bit of a distancing between CBS and creation, but interestingly, they're still promising over 100 celebrity guests, including William Shatner. So the event itself sounds like it's still going to be as big or close to as big as it was, uh, when they held the license. So it should be interesting to see what this looks like. So you're going to be there if you find it interesting and how it looks like. I'm probably not going to be there. (laughs) My financial situation is in dire straits at the moment. And uh, yeah, I, I, there's also still going to be COVID concerns at that time, I think as well. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like for sure. The border between Canada and the U S remains closed at the moment. So who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would like to say that I'm going to be there. I mean, by August, I would hope that I feel comfortable enough with COVID and everything that I'll be there. But, well, I don't know. That remains to be seen. Uh, I I would really love to be there. <laughs> so I just don't know. It's 
Like I said, it remains to be seen. But if I don't go, you know, I can always stay home and play Star Trek Online. You know, that's always something to do. Because <laughs> we recently had an update to Star Trek Online, or one that's coming. It was recently announced. House Shattered. And a trailer was put out. Now, I dabble a little bit in Star Trek Online. Not much at all. Um, one reason is time. And second reason is sometimes it freezes up on my computer. So that doesn't help. <laughs> Which I do have an Xbox One, and I think I need to start doing it on there. But again, that's on a TV that's always tied up with, you know, my daughters or my wife. So it's even hard for me to get to use that. So, Dan, you've dabbled a little on Star Trek Online. I have. Uh, it's been quite a while since I have. I, I, I haven't played it in quite quite a while. But, yeah, this, this House Shattered looks interesting. We did talk about it a few weeks ago when they first kind of announced it. Uh, I especially love the look of Robert O'Reilly as his ancestor here, kind of combining that Discovery and, and TNG Klingon look. But, uh, yeah, it's been a very long time since I've picked up Star Trek Online. And uh, it's it's really too bad because there's a lot of really interesting things it looks like. I just I have not had the time and, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind getting back into it, but I don't know when I would find the time to do that, unfortunately. Well, for people like us that don't get to do it, at least we get to watch the trailers, which I yeah. think is pretty cool. So there's a lot of fighting, you know, the Klingons fighting each other. But what interests me about it is two things. The creatures that are in this that they're dealing with. There's like a, you know, some targs and there's actually uh, some creatures in there that even one looks like a T-Rex, which is crazy. It looks almost like it's got, it's Borgified in the sense. I don't, I don't think it is, but it's got some augments to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some really cool visuals. And of course it's always great to see JG Hertzler's Martok, uh, you know, lots of really interesting stuff. I the ship battles and stuff I think are still the most one of the most beautiful parts of Star Trek Online. I did notice that big scorpion creature. That's pretty fearsome. Yes. That looked pretty cool. Yeah, I like that one too. I'm glad you mentioned that. That was really cool. But yeah, if you want to see the trailer, you can go probably on the official page of Star Trek Online to see the trailer. It's also on YouTube. You can go there and just search for Star Trek Online, and uh, it's on their page there. Well, so we'll, we'll also out. have a, a link to the YouTube trailer in the show notes for sure as well. Oh, that's so nice of you, Dan, to make it easy <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> I aim to please. <laughs> we couldn't do that on our other show on that other network, but now we have links to things. Yeah, now we can set up links and do whatever we want. Freedom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wow. That's exciting. So, um, Dan, anything new in Star Trek that you've done lately? Hmm. Besides watching uh, Discovery, of course. Yeah. Oh, I did. You know what I did? uh, Every year I get the uh, Hallmark Star Trek Christmas ornaments and the the most recent edition. So this year there's the the tree topper, the big Enterprise tree topper, plus three figure ornaments that all go together that are all from the the TOS episode Mirror Mirror. And the last one came out in October, Uhura, and uh, I picked her up the other day. And uh, yeah, I haven't unwrapped them and plugged them all in yet, but I'm really excited to kind of see that play out. Now, do you have a whole tree devoted to Star Trek ornaments? I have in the past. Uh, now that I'm married, there's there needs to be a little bit of compromise on that. I think she might let me do the topper 
this year, but I don't think it's going to be the regular Christmas tree topper. I think she, she, she has said she might allow it this year, but, uh, you, you don't want to make the whole tree Star Trek all the time, you know? <laughs> well, I know Nikki's a big Star Wars fan. Does she have one of the tree toppers? That's the Death Star. She doesn't have the Death Star tree topper, but she does have a bunch of Star Wars ornaments as well. So, you know, it's it's always there's just give and take on the tree for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I don't have a single Hallmark ornament of anything. Oh wow, of anything? Not Star Trek, Star Wars. I don't know. Do they have Doctor Who? I mean, like, and, and even just regular Hallmark Christmas or I don't think I have a single one. Um. But maybe I'll change that this year. So I don't have anything on my tree that's Star Trek. I don't think. If mm. there is, I can't remember. It would only be one. Yeah, I I could absolutely have an entire tree of Star Trek if I wanted to, uh, based on the numbers of ornaments that I have. But, uh, you know, got to compromise a bit for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I've compromised. I don't have anything. Ah, she won. She <laughs> you know, what's funny is just the other day, uh, I have a friend who has never seen Deep Space Nine, so we've been watching it with her uh, just the first few episodes, and she's going to go watch a bunch on her own. But we were watching the Deep Space Nine episode, A Man Alone, and Odo has that great bit at the start in Quark's bar where he says, we're, Quark's like, you've never coupled? And Odo says, choose not to. Too many compromises. You want to watch the sports match. She wants to listen to music. So you compromise. You listen to music. You want to listen to earth jazz. She wants to listen to Klingon opera. So you compromise. You listen to Klingon opera. So here you were planning to spend a great evening listen, watching the whatever match. And instead you spent an agonizing evening listening to Klingon opera. And I'm like, ah, that's not exactly accurate as far as relationships go. But, uh, you know, there's there's some of that a little bit. It goes both ways. It goes both ways, though. It does. Yeah, it does. I would. I mean, if I mean, look, I, I probably spent more time on Star Trek w before I got married than I do now. Uh, I mean, here's a perfect example. So I bought the Blu-ray for season one of Picard, and we've got two Blu-ray players in the house. One in the family room with a nice size TV and sound system, which is what I want to watch on. And then we have one in our bedroom, but it's a smaller TV. It's just the TV speakers. It's not all that great. I mean, it's okay, but I want to watch it in the family room TV. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, my wife is watching something like Pride and Prejudice. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to get the TV. And then the next night, you know, my daughter's watching something on there. And it's, 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 it goes back to what I said about gaming. Like, I can't even use the Xbox One. I need to get my own setup, even though I have a movie theater room. But that's a whole long story. I could watch it. I don't... Yeah, that's all. I'm all getting into it. But let's just say my movie theater room has been outdated because I set this up like 15 plus years ago and it's still uh, DVD. I don't mm. have Blu-ray and I need I could get Blu-ray, but I need different components. And it, I've already tried it. It doesn't look right. I need to do the whole thing all over again. New projector, everything. And I just haven't wanted to spend the time or money on it. So, nah. so I'm going to spend my time and money on this podcast. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> awesome <laughs> well thanks everyone for joining us uh come to our next show because we're going to talk about the second episode of season three of discovery we're going to review that and uh in the meantime i've been reading to lose the earth the new voyager novel by kirsten byer she's going to join us uh next week as we discuss that novel 
Really looking forward to that. And yeah, I've started the novel as well. Really enjoying it so far. So Me too. So, Well, Dan, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats. That's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S. You can also find me on YouTube.com slash Kurtrats Productions talking about Star Trek and all the wonderful goodies we have in the Star Trek universe to discuss and enjoy. And you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex, and you can find me occasionally on the Star Wars Report podcast. Well, thank you everyone for joining us, and we'll see you next time, and stay positive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.